You're listening to Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher on Lead to Soar, bringing you the best leadership advice and mentorship from around the world. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Hi, Michelle. It's great to be recording with you for Lead to Soar. It is, Mel. And we were just saying before we started recording, we feel like we haven't done this for a while, but gee whiz, we've had some great episodes this year so far in season six. Oh my gosh, we really have. So today, what are we going to talk about? Well, I know what we're going to talk about, but you know, that's things that you say on podcasts. Hey, what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about mindset. And why don't you set the stage for us a little bit? Oh, thank you so much. Well, a little while back, dear listeners, this great friend of mine who's an amazing colleague said this quote, which has, it landed with me, resonated with me, and I have, well, I've co-opted it, stolen it with pride and used it countless times since. And of course, my dear friend and, and colleague is, is Mel, who is on the call with us today or on the pod with us today. And the quote was, moving up begins in your own mind first. And I loved that and that I actually don't recall the context in which we were talking, Mel, at the time. It was probably what well, it would have been with our lead to saw members and it would have been probably about the range of both internal and external shifts that we have as we prepare to become more senior in our career or move our career forward, attain or aspire to uh, positions with more authority. and some of the mindsets that we encounter when we work with women is I'm not ready, it's not my time yet, or they've been told to be patient, so on and so forth. But there's an internal shift that hasn't yet happened. And you have a great story about this, which of course is why you told the story um, and it has guided you. So do you want to tell us about that? I do. Yes, I'd love to. So I was having a lunch one day with a gentleman whom I'd asked for some advice. So he was doing a little bit of of mentoring for me. And this was very early in my career. And it's funny for me to think back on because he kind of lost track of time. We lost track of time when we were sitting there having lunch and he ended up running late for his next meeting at the very end. So it's like he dropped this complete gem of wisdom like at the very end and had this serious sort of look on his face but then all of a sudden he had to rush out kind of like the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland. He dropped a truth bomb in other words as we like to call them. He did. So Brado and I were sitting at lunch and I'm probing him with questions asking different things and what he said was moving up begins in your own mind first. And so, of course, frantically, I was like, oh, I've got to write this down. Listeners, Michelle and I have recorded episodes in the past about negotiation and going for that promotion. And this is really the pre-work to that. This is getting things right in your own mind first. And Michelle, you mentioned a couple of those sort of hurdles of mindsets that you've encountered. And I think one of the other sort of mindset shifts I would point to is 
the mindset that I can do my job, check the boxes and do pretty well. And then I'm owed the next step. I am owed a promotion. That's problematic as well. So the work we're talking about here can look different ways. It may not be simply a low confidence type of issue. It could be something else. It could be some other kind of narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're all unique beings and we're all going to have unique responses to the circumstances at any given time. I'm going to quote, as I often do, from Susan's book, No Ceiling, No Walls. I'm going to quote Carly Fiorina from her book, Tough Choices. And she said, if we if we cannot choose our circumstances, which often we cannot, if we cannot choose our circumstances, we can always choose our response to them. If we cannot choose who we are, we can always choose to become something more. To stop choosing is to start dying. And I resonate with that because what you've talked about there, that scenario, Mel, is a choice. Am I a indentured worker who gets paid for effort or am I a passionate business owner? Am I acting like a passionate business owner? Because that's the leadership mindset. And that is a choice. That is a choice that people have got around their mindset. So I think this is one of the first things. And I think the second piece that I want to tease out is, oh, but I'm not really a leader. I wasn't born a leader. And I would argue that there are very few people that are born a leader and, you know, you need to get underneath leadership and all that kind of stuff, which of course we do. But leadership is a set of competencies and skills that with discipline practice can be mastered. And again, that's a choice. I choose leadership. I choose to practice, have discipline practice to keep, you know, sharpening the axe, honing my skills, whatever it may be, to be the best version of myself that I can be. So I think there's a couple of things in there around choice, but ultimately your mentor said to you, you've got a choice here. You can have this mindset, which is perhaps not going to serve you and perhaps not going to enable you to reach your goals, your aspirations, or you can choose a different mindset and start acting as being and believing that you are that next version, that next chapter of the book that is your life. I find that concept, acting as if, really powerful. and. Michelle, you used the word practice, and I think that's also another important word, recognizing that you can engage in the practice of something, including the practice of skills that fall under that leadership umbrella. And I want to read a quote from a book called The Practice. This is by Seth Godin. So let me read this little excerpt and ask for your comment on this, Michelle. He writes, I have a story in my head all about how things are supposed to be. You might have one too. And that story drives the actions that we take. Often we'll go to ridiculous lengths to make the story come true. The story might be one of entitlement or talent. It might be one of injustice or privilege. Often though, the story is based on lowered expectations, the seduction of compliance, and the avoidance of failure. We keep trying to make the existing narrative true because that's a lot more comfortable than the alternative. Here we go again is an easy way to lull yourself into victimhood 
a place where the work is no longer up to you. If we believe that it's not our turn, that we're not talented enough, we'll do whatever we can to make that story true. We'll sit back and wait to be chosen instead. So I'm going to quote back and what to synthesize many themes in there, but to synthesize in what what really, really stands out for me is that when you say something often enough, it becomes the truth. And if you keep telling yourself, whether it's poor me, I'm entitled to this victimhood, or I'm just not good enough, or I'd never make that, or they don't want me anyway. You know, I know there's a lot of woo-woo stuff out there around manifestation, but I've got to tell you, I think there's probably some science in it. Sorry, scientist, not a scientist. But anyway, your innermost thoughts, and and listeners, you know I'm all about paying attention to our innermost thoughts because when you have a narrative that's on repeat or like record players, the needle's stuck on a particular groove, you got to pay attention to that and say, why is it stuck? How do I get it unstuck? Or what do I do to keep moving forward? Because that narrative, when we pay attention to our thoughts, the feelings that those thoughts create, the actions that then result from those feelings, because we will act, and the consequences, then we start to understand if those thoughts and feelings are helpful or not helpful. So, what I'm hearing from Seth is you got to pay attention to what your dialogue is, that innermost dialogue. And this is holding up the leadership mirror. It's more than a set of external behaviours. It's also those internal behaviours. I was with a group yesterday, part of our, our Lead to Soar members who were going through a program with me. And, you know, and I said, part of this identity shift is also saying I act as a leader even when no one else is watching. So will I behave in a leaderly way, even if no one's watching? And this is about our values, the things that guide us. But if we've got unhelpful dialogue going on, I either don't deserve it, so I don't put myself forward, or I'm entitled and I'm not going to do the work to brush up my skills to actually earn the place. Well, you know, both of those narratives, both of those tracks are things that we can get stuck on and will derail us. So we've got to pay attention. Yeah, I think just trying to bring this back to maybe something a little more personal experience. I think that early in my career, I was trying to figure out a formula. I am an engineer. I wanted the flow chart of how do I get from here to there, right? (laughs) And what Subrata helped me see was that you have this choice, not just in how you show up, but also how you think about yourself, right? And then it becomes related. Once I start to think of myself in a different capacity, I'm a leader within this organization. How might I allow that to change my behavior? 100%. And we say leadership manifests itself at every level. Yes, it's different whether you're at that, you know, an individual contributor, whether you're towards the start of your career, the mid or, or very senior, you've got a leadership role to play. And having the mindset of I am going to behave in a leaderly way, even when no one's watching is is super important. And also having that mindset of, actually, it's funny, I'm having a little laugh because I've just glanced at the the shirt that I've got on today, which is, it says, actually, I can, which is a, a... unashamed plug here for Kate Dillon and her SheLine product, an Australian woman entrepreneur who creates amazing products. And 
I've got a number of these shirts or these these sweaters because actually I can is really, you know, actually I can do that. I can learn those skills. I can learn to do the thing that I've recognised is going to hold me back unless I learn to do that thing rather than that, well, that's too hard. And I think this is part of the greatness in us is our growth mindset as well, saying I wasn't born a leader despite the fact that certainly personally on my level, people told me I was a born leader for years and years and years. And frankly, I probably rested on that. I was probably a bit complacent and rested on that narrative and didn't pay enough attention to perhaps what the other skills were that I needed to be developing. So it's not till you get a bit of a jolt, you think, oh, actually, if I want to go to the next step and the next step and the one after that, there's some things I need to know. I mean, it's one of the reasons I went and did my MBA in my 40s because I went, I got a whole bunch of things to sort out here, including including a mindset about I'm not really that good. So there's all sorts of ways that we can get in our own damn way. So we've got to figure out how to get out of our own damn way. And some of that's going to be the mindset work, but don't think this is a woo-woo listeners because as I said, mindset, your mindset creates thoughts, your thoughts create feelings Feelings create actions and actions have consequences. So how might you fiddle with the dials to change that narrative, change those thoughts and the feelings that you're going to experience so that your actions and your consequences start to go onto the positive side of your career ledger? Totally agree. So I've got a few recommendations for our listeners, but before we go there, is there anything else you want to kind of tug on here? As always, I'm going to tug on what I always tug on, which is stop, breathe, reflect. Is my mindset, is my internal narrative dialogue, the track that I'm on, is it helpful or unhelpful? Where am I now? What still serves me? What no longer serves me? And what do I need to do about that? So stop, breathe, reflect. We've got plenty of resources, listeners, so Hit us up if you can't find them on the Lead to Soar website or or our previous episodes. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so just a couple of recommendations here. And then I have some journaling prompts, listeners, that I want to give to you. And we can drop these in the show notes as well. Or you can just think about them. Think about them. Use them as a, a thought exercise here as you're listening to the podcast. So the first two things I want to recommend are... Two books, you know, Michelle and I read quite a bit. And when I was thinking about the topic for this episode, the two books that really stood out for helping me examine my mindset, the first one is called The Untethered Soul. And fair warning, it does lean a little bit spiritual, but it is the first book I read that really helped me separate the voice in my head from myself and to try to parse out what's actually going on here. The second book is Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And that book is really about the choice you have, the ability and the choice you have to step into how you are meant to lead in this world, how you're meant to be in this world. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a leader. So those are my two book recommendations. I have one and it's a book that I I keep putting down and picking up. I found it really interesting and it's actually called Road to Power by Laura Colby, but it's the story of Mary Barra, how, you know, GM's first woman CEO and 
there's a couple of things around this book that I think are relevant for, there are many things that are relevant as she's a great role model. Also an engineer started on the, literally the factory floor and worked her way through that organisation. She's a great example of someone who set her mind on being the best version of herself that she could be and never necessarily said, I'm going to be the, one day I'll be the CEO of GM. But she put herself in positions of, I'm going to say yes to that mentor. I'm going to say yes to that development opportunity, even when it sucked sometimes. I'm going to say yes to go and lead the HR department. So that her ability to say, okay, I'm a leader in this organization right from the outset. And I have a mindset of, yes and figure it out. So Mary Barra, The Road to Power by Laura Colby, a really enjoyable and very useful read I'm finding with those actionable insights. Excellent. Thank you. All right, listeners, and Michelle, just feel welcome to chime in here. So I'm going to give you questions, listeners, that I want you to think about in no particular order. What have you learned about yourself in the past year? What do you know about your strengths that you couldn't see maybe two or five years ago? What have you learned through your relationships at work? And here's a long one. Think of the people in your organization whom you've helped, mentored, or coached. And then articulate why their work lives or careers are better or have advanced from having worked with you. How have you gone above and beyond in your role in the past 12 months? And finally, how have you gone above and beyond in service of the business in the past 12 months, specifically outside of your job duties? I really appreciate all of those questions, but I've got to say the last two are particularly relevant when we reflect back on the first part of our conversation, Mel, which is, am I an indentured slave getting wages or am I for the business and am I a leader in the business? Because achieving and sustaining extraordinary outcomes doesn't mean maintaining the status quo. It does mean chipping in. It does mean having a mindset of, and I'm careful here about workplace cultures, but having a mindset of, yeah, I will ask that question. I will make the suggestion. I will make sure that I'm nailing going above and beyond in my own role and beyond. So yeah, those last two questions, fantastic. Lovely. Lovely. All right, listeners. So recapping, moving up begins in your own mind first, and it manifests in a whole bunch of of different ways. It means making sure that you're aware of the choices that you're making. It means paying attention to that internal narrative, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions and the consequences of your actions. It means being for the business, going above and beyond, not just doing the basics. And it means ultimately you are a leader, being able to hold up that leadership mirror every single day and be really not satisfied. I think we always have to be slightly dissatisfied because that's the, you know, striving for more, but really holding up that leadership mirror on a day-by-day basis. And as Mel's given you in those reflective questions, what do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? And what do I need to stop doing? So there you go. Moving up begins in your own mind first. Thanks, Mel. Thank you so much, Michelle. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. We sincerely appreciate your honest, positive reviews. You can leave questions at leadtosoar.com for Michelle and Mel to answer on future episodes. Until next time, we hope you'll use what you've learned here and lead to soar.